Newtown is a special African-American community with special people. Most of the early arrivals came to Sarasota looking to better their lives. An indomitable spirit emerged out of their struggle, and a strong faith ushered them through many challenges. The Newtown Alive Project recorded oral history interviews to preserve community history and pride. I'm Vicki Oldham. The Newtown Alive Project is about two African-American enclaves in Sarasota. Newtown is one of Sarasota's oldest communities. Its centennial was celebrated in 2014. Primary and secondary source materials reveal the characteristics of strivers who migrated to the west coast of Florida from nearby towns and southern states. Oral history interviews filled in many gaps that archival documents could not. Most African-Americans came to Sarasota for employment. Initially, residents relied on self-care, home remedies, midwives, the charity of benevolent groups, and public health nurses. Mrs. Henrietta Gales Cunningham, born on March 15, 1926 in Silver Springs, Florida. She completed the nursing program at Atlanta's Grady Memorial Hospital obtained a bachelor's in nursing at North Carolina College in Durham, and earned the master's degree at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. After serving in the U.S. Army, she worked for the Florida Department of Children and Families as Sarasota's first African-American public health nurse. I loved it because I was poor. They call me Mama Chip. Go to Mama Chip. Is that in Ocala? Yeah. In Ocala, Mama Chip. Mm-hmm. Most of them know me as Mama Chip. My daddy named me Chippy. But they named my daddy, my mother's name, they named me, they called me Chippy. Mm-hmm. And the kids in the community called me Mama Chip. So they had food, clothing, clothing, church members united. Mm-hmm. You know? They, how did you learn how to give like that? Huh? Who taught you how to give like that? Oh, I guess it's one of those things that born within an individual. And my mother died, biological mother died, and the five of us, Belt Lenses and his family, they helped us with their children clothing. And, uh, you know, people just gave us. They helped us. And it, it's in us. It's in you. You gotta help people. And God will bless you. That's money in the bank. I tell everybody, I don't have a dime, but I bet you one thing, I get what I want. <laughs> And somebody's good to you, you can't help but return it. And I've seen too many of our people denied and hurt by those who have. Mm-hmm. My mother died and left oh, five of us. But Belton Lansing, Mrs. Lansing, come back, come to the house with a thing of clothing for us. 
they helped us. Mm -hmm. Everybody went to college. Everybody went to college. Yeah, had to, yeah. mm -hmm. So I'll help you. If you help somebody else, that's money in the bank. Nurse Gales offered food and clothing to families in need. She held what she called Sidewalk Sunday School in front of a public housing complex and in her own garage. She died September 27, 2016. Now, Gwendolyn Atkins was born October 17, 1935, in the small town of Boston, Georgia, just outside of Thomasville. She spent a lifetime healing bruises in the Newtown community and teaching about health care. She was the second African-American public health nurse in town. Her parents worked on a farm. The story about her father is gripping and heartwarming all at once. Hey, my dad, she was, he had to run from Georgia until he got to Sarasota? No! He ran from the field until he got to a person who had a car, and they took him out of that area into another area, and he got, somebody gave him some money to put him on the bus, and they sent him to Tampa, Florida, and he didn't know nobody in Tampa. But they got him out of Georgia to keep him from being killed. Wow. And my mom was carrying me at the time. That was her husband. What? And your mom stayed, and your mom stayed. Yeah, my mom and my dad was living together at home. But my dad, my mom was carrying me. And this white guy, an old white man, this was years ago now, he wanted my mom to be out there hauling peanuts like the other black ladies. And my dad said no, because she is with child, and I'm out here instead of her. Uh -huh. But every day he would get after my dad. Why isn't she out here like the other niggers, the other negroes or whatever they call the women back there? And dad says she's home. She's too hot out here for her. She's with child, whatever they said. I know he didn't say the word pregnant, but what? Uh-huh. And that man stayed at my dad. He always, and so one day he hit him. And my dad knocked him down on the ground, beat him, and then he had to run for his life. And my dad told me, he said he jumped over. He was in a pastor where they had a lot of cows. And he said, all the cows was, you know how cows sit down mm -hmm. on the night? And he said, I could look across the field and see the fence where they had the dogs. They were trying to find him with the dogs. You know, they give the dogs like a piece of material, like a shirt or something. They get your scent. Right. And that's how they find you. And Daddy said, he said, you wouldn't believe this. He said, every one of those cows stood up except the one I was laying down by. Ooh. He said, that's the only one laid there. He said, that one cow saved his life because all the other cows stood up but that one. Mm. And and he was laying down by that cow. If that one had stood up, he, they'd have put the dogs on him. He'd have been dead to this day. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. What a story. And my daddy, he had wanted to see me. I was his only child in the whole world. And he said, he prayed 
and ask the Lord that that you would let he, that God would let him see his daughter before he died and left this world. He said, Lord, you know the story. I had to leave Georgia, and he said, I want to see my child. I know she's a girl. I know she's Gwen, because my mama told him. He slipped in one night when I was a baby, but he had to slip in and slip out. Oh, he can't. He actually found a way back to Thomasville. But not in the daytime. Oh, at night. At night he came, got somebody in the car to bring him to see me after I was just a baby. Wow. Okay, then he could only stay there for a few hours, and he had to get back out before it got too light. And so the man in the he paid a man to bring him in a car. Mm. He's in Tampa. Uh huh. And so I didn't see my dad from the time I was a baby till I was thirteen years old. Wow. Thirteen. I was raised by my grandparents, and my dad was down here in Florida, and I was in Georgia. But Daddy was worried. He he said he kept praying, Lord, I want to see my daughter. He said he would imagine what I look like. At 13, he came to see me and brought me a little watch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> my first watch. He, and he was married to another woman by then. Because he and my mama had no more life after that. So he married Mercedes. I never will forget. She brought me a few little clothes. And, and Daddy brought me a little watch. And I didn't see him no more then until I was fully grown, married with two children. Wow. By the time I was like 13, I was either 13 or 15. I think I was like 13. Wow. But daddy wanted, he wanted to see me. And so it worried me after I had graduated from college and got married. My uncle is the one who gave me away because I didn't know where my father was. Mm. My uncle was in Thomasville. And he said, you, I'll give you away. As a Makiva, because I wanted to be given away by a Makiva, who was my my maiden name. Uh -huh. And so my uncle said, you could marry right here in my house. So he, we married, I married in my uncle's house, and my uncle gave me away. And then later on, my uncle came to Georgia, Came well, he came to Boston, Georgia, and he said, I found where your daddy is. I said, where? He said, he's in Tampa, Florida. Hmm. My uncle was the baby boy. He, so he said, here's your cousin. He said, you got a first cousin in Tampa. His name is Irvin McKeever. He said, here's his phone number. You call Irvin, identify yourself. Let him know you are your, your Willie's daughter, which is your first cousin. And let him come and pick you up and take you to where your dad is. Hmm. And I was so nervous, I didn't know what to do, because I hadn't seen him since I was 13. I was married with two children. Mm. So I asked my husband, what should I do? So my husband said, just act natural. Don't practice nothing. Mm. Just let it go. Just be normal. Let it be normal. Mm -hmm. And he said, I'll be there with you. We did all of that, called Urban. He met us at a place, went to see my dad. And guess what my daddy had for me? What? A bag of three musketeers candy. <laughs> like you buy for a little girl, baby. <laughs> two, a big bag of candy with three musketeers and two or three other little candies all in there that you give little kids. Because <laughs> he hadn't seen me since I was 13. Right. A big bag of candy. Mm, mm -hmm. mm. How was it? How was the reunion? It was good. It was. I hugged him and, he, and his stepmother. My stepmother was so sweet. She was like a second mom. So we, um, I hugged her too. I remember that very day what I had on and everything. I went to see them. What you had on, Miss? What you had on, Miss? I had on a red and white suit and white shoes with stockings. After 
church we went see. Mm-hmm. So we just came straight on from church and went on to Tampa. Mm-hmm. And I was dressed with my red and white suit. I had my little kids dressed, Brian and Amy, my husband. And uh, it was nice. And then after that, the Lord blessed us to have 20 years together before he died. Really? 20 years. Oh, my God. That was in 75. 85, 95. It was a little bit more. Because Daddy died in 2003 or 4. Yeah, he was, he was almost 91 when he died. Wow. What kind of things God did y'all do? A long life together. Because he prayed. Because he prayed. Because he prayed. Yes, sir. And God gave him that. He answered his prayer. Yes, he did. He sure did. What did y'all God do together in those two? If you delight yourself in him, he will give you the desires of your heart. Mm, yes. And my daddy, he, I remember he said, you know what? He said, I used to walk the floor and cry like a baby. I said, you did? He said, because I asked the Lord, don't take me before I could see my daughter one more time. Mm-hmm. He sure did. Wow. My daddy, he said, I had no idea in the world where you were. And you see how God brought that together? Yeah. He said, I didn't know how and where to look for you or anything. I didn't, but I asked the Lord to let me live to see my daughter one more time. And God gave us 20 years together, a little over 20 years. Wow. What kind of things did y'all do in that 20 years? He used to come over here and I'd do dinner. Daddy wouldn't do much. I would go over there every first of the month and I'd write out all his bills, Mm -hmm. take him to the grocery store. Catching Carol with his favorite stuff, get his groceries, take him to get a haircut, take him to wash his clothes at the lunch. I spent the whole day over there. <laughs> the whole day over there in Tampa with my daddy. The whole day. <laughs> then me and him would go by catching Carol's um, salad bar, buy a big salad and come home and eat. Then if it was too late, he wanted me to spend the night. Mm-hmm. And he would always say, if I don't get up in the morning, it's because I'm going on to that upper room. <laughs> he was going to the upper room. My daddy was a Christian. Mm-hmm. I'm going to the upper room. And he said, you strive to meet me there Monday. Mrs. Atkins arrived on the Sun Coast in 1964 and worked at Sarasota Memorial Hospital. African-American nurses treated black patients on a designated floor. It was called One North. Nurse Atkins remembers Newtown residents who owned businesses in the self-sustained community. A vibrant business district emerged because Jim Crow laws were in full effect. Who were some of the people that you knew in the Newtown area as you were growing your young family? Some of your friends, maybe. Oh, Miss Mary Emma Jones, Dr. Ed James, who does Black Armanet, his grandmother, was very influential to me, Mrs. Why do you say that? Well, she uh, ran a taxi stand. She had a cafe and she had a guest home. And at that particular time, African-Americans could not live in hotels downtown. And she had what she called the guest house. And that means if any African-Americans came to Newtown, you know, to go to some kind of uh, activity, that they would stay at her guest house. For free? Oh, no. You had to pay. But at least there was a place that you could stay. You know, a lot of places, like for an example, if show people came 
and they would do a show, but they could not stay in the hotels. But because she had a guest house, they could always come to Newtown and stay in her guest home. She had a beautiful guest home. It was two stories. So that I enjoyed, Miss Jones. Miss Jones was so influential in many other ways with us, teaching us different things. Another person was Mrs. Ellie Suarez. Mrs. Suarez ran the post office. And as a public health nurse, there were times I could not find people at home. And Mrs. Suarez knew where everyone lived. And I would go to the post office and she would tell me, like I was trying to find patients to get them into the clinic. For an example, if they didn't come in and the doctor was expecting them to come in for treatment and they didn't and I couldn't find them, then I would go to Mrs. Suarez and she would tell me exactly where to go and find them. So she was very, very influential in helping me as a young public health nurse. Wow. What about shopping along the district and what that was like? Because you lived in Newtown. I lived over by the school mm -hmm. on 35th Street. And another one was Mrs. Viola Sanders. I'm sure you know her. Mrs. Sanders was also almost like a right hand to me because my daughter at the time was having some health challenges. And my husband and I were both working. And Mrs. Sanders, I would have my daughter, I would get her up and get her dressed and take her to the babysitters. But she needed further treatment and she needed to go to Happiness House. And Mrs. Sanders would go and pick up my daughter from the babysitter, take her to Happiness House, and she would stay there through the treatment that she had, and then she would bring her back. And she did that three times a week because my daughter uh, was not walking, and she would go to Happiness House, and they would put her in the bars, and then they would teach her how to walk because she was born with some mental challenges. But Mrs. Sanders was like a right hand. She would pick up my daughter, take her to Happiness House, stay with her through the treatments, and bring her back to the babysitter. And she did that three times a week. And I really will always appreciate Mrs. Sanders for having helped me with my daughter. A strong Christian faith led Newtown residents to attend interdenominational worship services. What about where you attended uh, church when you were coming through, uh, you know, as a young couple? Where did you go to church? My husband was an Episcopalian. And so we went to St. Wilfred's Episcopal Church. We were one of the first black families. In the at 60s? In the 60s. We had gone out to, to the church and we talked to the pastor, who was the priest, and we asked if we could become affiliated with the church. Because at the time, St. Martha's, the Catholic church on Orange Avenue, had opened up its doors to African-Americans. So St. Wilfred's followed and they allowed us, we were the first black family that actually desegregated the church. And my husband and my two children, and both of my children were dedicated or christened in St. Wilfred's Episcopal Church. We stayed there for 20 years. There were other African-Americans that came while we were there, but we were the first. And when my son graduated from high school at Sarasota High School, the priest's daughter graduated from Riverview High School at the same time. And his wife was a public health nurse just like I was. So we were both working at the county health department. And our children were both in high school. So when they graduated from high school, Beth Ann at Riverview and Brian at Sarasota High, the church gave both of them a scholarship to college. So both of our kids went away to college from with scholarships from St. Wilfred's Episcopal Church. Right. What about your social life in the in the community in the 60s? Did you have a social life? I really 
Not a whole lot. We were going to different activities whenever we could find the time. But we were raising our kids. We were going to church. And uh, my husband was, I was not at the time a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority as I am now, or either family or alumni, because uh, I was basically going to church and going to work and, you know, taking care of my kids. And as the kids got older, then I became a little bit more socially inclined in the community. Mrs. Atkins was beloved in the Newtown community and Sarasota. She died August 5th, 2017. Funding for this program was provided through a grant from the Florida Humanities Council with funds from the National Endowment for the Humanities. Any views, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed in this program do not necessarily represent those of the Florida Humanities Council or the National Endowment for the Humanities. Visit NewtownAlive.org for more information on this episode and other projects.